into life. We ask this in Jesus' name, and amen. Well done, guys. Hey, uh, if you were here last week, we started this thing called VIP. And this morning, I just want to pose a question to you. And the question is this. Are you ready? Are you ready for the question? And here, here's the question. Who matters to God? Who? Oh, there's Ruthie's back there saying, just a reminder, uh, youth church is beginning right now. Kids, uh, kids church. Any children here that are between uh, the age of four years old and fourth grade, if you want to make your way down there to uh, kids' church, they're kind of sneaking out of there. They're all squirming up the seats and ready to go. All right, here goes the question. Who matters to God? Who matters to God? Because here's what we know. Uh, in this world that we live in, we live on planet Earth. Nobody, uh, you know, we might think they do, but nobody we know lives on Mars or the moon. Or, so here we are on this Earth. And uh, here's what we know. Uh, in, in this Earth, not everyone is equal, right? Look at these pictures. Here's some pictures up here. And uh, you kind of see these pictures. And uh, you think about that a little bit. And not everyone is equal. Not everyone is equal. Sometimes uh, you drive by a big house and you look at that house and you go, wow, they, they're rich, right? And sometimes a nice car pulls up alongside you. And, you know, then there's other times you're driving through and you see this other car and you go, I'm not driving that car, right? And, uh, you know, maybe they broke down uh, on the side of the road and you just kind of laugh and wave. And say, no, no, you don't do that. You don't do that. But, but you know what? Not everyone is equal. You know that. Not everyone is equal on this planet Earth here. Listen to this. If you have a PhD in front of your name, or maybe a CPA, or you're an engineer, maybe the house that you live in, or the car you drive is sort of impressive or unimpressive, but what we know about all of those things, uh, those are status symbols. Those are all stat symbols of how maybe how successful or maybe unsuccessful. Those are all symbols of status. And so we know the reality is that we kind of ask this question, is everyone truly equal? Is, you know, we say justice for all and, you know, united we stand or things like that. Is everyone truly equal? Uh, clearly, everyone is not equal. So let's ask this question. Is that fair? Is it fair that not everyone is equal? We say we like equality. Is it fair that not everyone is equal? Well, are they equal or are they not equal? And is that fair? Well, that's exactly the kind of conversation that was being dusted up and stirred up amongst the disciples. Uh, the disciples were talking amongst themselves, and, and uh, we talked about this a little bit last week. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 1, we read this verse. About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who is the greatest? Clearly, uh, Jesus. Uh, there's got to be some people that are at the top of the heap, right? I mean, that's the way things work here on this earth, is that uh, there are very, very status and, you know, things. That, and so, uh, what about in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus, tell us what's it going to be like in the kingdom of heaven. Who really matters? Who's going to be top dog? Who's going to be the most important person in the kingdom of heaven? And that's what they were kind of wanting to know. But they asked this question, who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. And then Jesus went on to define the kingdom of heaven. We talked about that last week. And here's what we said. Here's how we define the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is Jesus' values, Jesus' values, 
that are lived out here on this earth, right? That's the kingdom of heaven is Jesus' values lived out here on earth. And so what's that look like? Okay, let's put this big red box up here, and it kind of looks like this. This would be the kingdom of earth, the kingdom of earth, right? And uh, we do what we want in the kingdom with lots of different worldviews, lots of political opinions, uh, uh, lots of different authorities, and, and there's, uh, you know, Republicans and Democrats, and there's socialists, and there's countries that are communists, and there's all these different things that are happening on this world, and we know that not everyone is equal in this world, but then Jesus says, we're not going to talk about it, we're not going to be too concerned with the kingdom of the world. They were asking, who is going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is this smaller box within the kingdom of the world in which that's where we, we, would, we would say, you know, those of us that are followers of Jesus Christ, we would say, uh, we want to be a part of the kingdom of heaven, right? And that's this smaller box, and that's where all of a sudden now the worldly things that are out there kind of get pushed out, and only the values of Jesus are to exist inside the smaller kingdom here on earth called the kingdom of heaven, right? And so uh, many of us have made a decision a long time ago, yes, I want to be a part of the, the kingdom of heaven, but do we really? Uh, is, is the kingdom of heaven any more fair or equal or, you know, is there any kind of status thing that's going on in the, in the kingdom of heaven uh, versus the kingdom of earth? Is it really uh, that much different? And so here's, here's kind of the next, the next part of this we would do well to have a clear understanding of the kingdom of heaven before we would commit ourselves to whether or not we really want to be in it or not, right? Before you sign on the dotted line, we would all do well to really understand what is the kingdom of heaven truly like. Because in this world, we know there's inequity, and we know there's these things, and the status, and is, that, is it fair, or is it, is it not fair? It, it doesn't seem to be fair, because everybody's kind of all over the place. And so what about if we want to enter into the kingdom of heaven? Well, before you sign on the dotted line, I, I want to uh, sort of unpack some things for you. One thing in particularly about the kingdom of heaven that you really should have a grasp of before you commit to whether or not you want to be in it. Okay? And so we're going to jump on that in the book of Matthew chapter 20. We're going to spend some time in Matthew chapter 20. And so Jesus is going to do this, uh, do us a favor. And he is going to explain through a parable of what is the kingdom of heaven like. And so he's just going to begin to unpack that. And so if you want to better understand the kingdom of heaven, here we go. Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 7 says this. Jesus is speaking. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is like. What is the kingdom of heaven is like? Here we go. For the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal day's wages and sent them out to work. At nine o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people sitting around doing nothing. So he hired them, telling them he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. So they went to work in the vineyard. At noon, and again at three o'clock, he did the same thing. At five o'clock, 
that afternoon, he was in town again and saw some more people standing around. He asked them, why haven't you been working today? They replied, because no one hired us. The landowner told them, then go out and join the others in my vineyard. So you got the picture, right? Landowner goes out there and crack the dawn. You know, he's in the market, so he's looking for the workers. You're hired, you're hired, you're ready to work for, for the whole day for the pay. Yep, you know. And then uh, and he ignores. It's 9, at noon, at 3, at 5 p.m. He keeps going out and finding people uh, to work uh, for the day. Now the day is coming to an end. It's time to pay all the workers. So how's that going to go, right? So he tells us. Jesus tells us, uh, continuing in the story, Matthew chapter 20, verse 8. That evening, he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. When those hired at 5 o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed they would receive more, but they too were paid a day's wage. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner. Those people worked only one hour, and yet you've paid them just as much as, as you paid us who worked all day in the scorching heat. down on me and, 
and I'm going through something uh, hard, and uh, I've been frustrated because some deal I was trying to didn't work out, or uh, and you know, but they, they everything seems to be going well for them, but it's not going well for me, and I, I'm feeling bad, and I'm going through something difficult, and I feel like I, you know, they're all against me, and I'm being oppressed by them, and and I'm in a bad place, but I look at them and I say they're not in a bad place. And rarely, if I'm in that occasion, would I say, well, that's fair. That's fair. I would say, that's not fair. How come I'm the one that's hurting? They're not hurting. That's not fair, right? And so how would we define fair? We would, you could agree with me, we would define fair is I desire to get what I want and nothing I don't. That's probably the way that we would go about defining fear. The truth is, fear is really not about equality. Fear is really not about equality. It's really about getting what I think I deserve. Think about that. So, back to the story. Jesus is explaining the kingdom of heaven. And uh, he goes out and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like the guy that he found some workers and worked all day from the crack of dawn all the way down to six o'clock found some other guys they only worked for an hour but they all got the same pay and they processed it that, that's not fair and so jesus is now going to is it fair or not or really what's going on here and so it continues the story continues matthew chapter 20 starting verse 13. he answered one of them you say it's not fair let's talk about it he answered one of them friend i haven't been unfair <laughs> Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay the last workers the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? seems like he's kind of pushing back on them. I have some really good news for you today. Uh, I want you to write this down. And I want you to think about this. And I don't, I don't want you to forget this. Uh, because uh, what we've learned so far from Jesus, this is really good news. And you need to remember this, and you need to know this. Write this down. Here's the truth. The kingdom of God is unfair. The kingdom of God is unfair. Jesus just said it's unfair, and they all work different levels in different ways, and they all got the same pay. The kingdom of heaven is, in fact, unfair. Never forget it. That's good news. I am so grateful that the kingdom of heaven is unfair. Because the Bible teaches me, according to Romans chapter 3, verse 23, that I am a sinner. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I am a sinner and you're a sinner and we have all sinned. Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death. Because God has such high standards for us and none of us live up to his standards. 
we are all detestable in his sight because he looks down at us and he says, don't you know who I am and what I am about? And he looks down at us and says, you guys aren't even close. And you read through the Old Testament and you watch all of the things that they did and then you move into the New Testament and you watch all of those things that they did. In fact, there were people that were around that wanted to scoop up Jesus and they wanted to beat him with whips. And he says, this is what sinful people do. And because you are sinners, you deserve to die. But John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son that whoever believes in him doesn't need to worry about that punishment and that death, but you get to be with me in heaven for all of eternity. Jesus says, you have VIP status in the kingdom of God. You don't get what you deserve. In spite of the fact that you are separated from me by sin, I will give you what you don't deserve. Isn't that good news? That the kingdom of heaven is, in fact, unfair. Now, what should the response be to the fact that the kingdom of heaven is unfair? What should the response be to that? And really, the, the response should be this. The proper response is gratitude. 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 Maybe, maybe you can remember. Maybe you can remember uh, when you first became a Christian, and uh, maybe you remember being baptized into Christ, and uh, maybe you had that feeling like I had. I remember coming out of the baptistry, and I just remember thinking, because of the way I was taught, you know, I am now perfect in the sight of God, right? My sins have been washed away, and now I am a brand new person in Christ. And uh, some of you have dramatic conversion experiences in your life where uh, you, you were down in the dumps, and maybe uh, you were plagued by uh, some kind of an addiction that was just, it had you all tied up, and finally you found Jesus, and that was removed from you, and then you set forward, you're able to live a brand new life, and you knew that all of your past was now gone, and you got to move forward, because God is good, and you remember just having those warm fuzzies inside, as you, as you knew that God just welcomed you up into his arms, and now you get to be a part of the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom of heaven is awesome, and you remember what that felt like when you first found Christ, and, and you remember that, it feels good to think about that, and that is the proper response. Gratitude. I didn't deserve this, but he gave it to me anyway. You ever get a new car? Everybody, anybody ever got a brand new car? Only done that a couple of times. There's, it's kind of, kind of fun to buy, you know, especially you buy your first brand new car. You know, the first thing you do is put that window down. This is the way I put down the first window in my brand new first, first brand new car. Some of you guys have no idea what that is. But that's where I put the window down my first brand new car. Put the wind in, arm out the window, and, and the hand can only be one place. Top the wheel, right? And this is the way you drive a new car, right? And you want people to look at you, you know, and, and uh, you're driving that thing around. And that's a lot of fun. You get that new, you that new car smell. And then, then all of a sudden you get a couple of rock chips there in front of it. And, uh, you know, maybe a little bit later, a door ding in it, you know. And then maybe, maybe uh, your spouse kind of backs that into the side of the garage door and you get a little something back there. And uh, uh, my wife's not here this morning, uh, so I can tell you that story, but... Uh, and then, you know, but after a little bit of time goes by, you know, and, you, and somehow you figured out how to wedge that enormous payment into your budget so you could feel so good. But then, you know, a couple of years later, there's a few thousand miles on the car and it's got a couple of dings in it. You're, you're kind of driving around and you're looking at that giant payment every month and you're kind of like, oh man, this is horrible. This is horrible. 
called the law of diminishing returns. Fades. And if we're not careful, the same exact thing happens to our relationship with God. At first, it's exciting and it's gratitude and I don't deserve this and thank you so much for what you have done for me and the salvation work of the cross and through the resurrection and you're so powerful and you're a God and thank you for looking down and loving me and at first, there's nothing but pure excitement. Then we kind of start to lose grip of that. It's kind of like holding a handful of sand that starts to creep out of our fingers and, and sometimes that thing kind of even flips around to a place where even though we know we are Christian we look up at God and we say God it's not fair it's not fair you owe me God I go to church, I put money in the offering plate, why can't I get that job that I want? Why is this so frustrating? I, I go to church and, and I talk to people there, and I'm even nice to people, and I smile when I'm at church, and, and yet, uh, why, why am I still in all this debt? Why is my, my financial house not in order? And why am I having all these problems? In my, God, if you're so good, why is it that I don't have the, uh, the dynamic relationship with my kids? And why are we always fighting with each other? And God, if you were really God, my marriage wouldn't be like this at all. And you owe me, and I deserve, and it's not fair. story on this is that uh, you know what a helicopter mom is? You know what a helicopter mom is? It's kind of mom that kind of hovers over kids all the time. You know, as, soon as, they're, as soon as they're about ready to stub their toe, they swoop in and pick them up and they don't like that. Well, James and John, they were uh, two of the twelve disciples. They, they didn't have a helicopter mom. They had a bulldozer mom with a D9 cap. And she would just be out there in front of them and, and then making the path completely level and smooth. And there was not going to be a pebble that was going to get in their way. As she was out there in front, everything was going to go perfect for her kids. She goes, Jesus said, Jesus, um, uh, my boys, you know my boys and how special they are. And when the kingdom of heaven comes, I want, I want for a fact, you tell me that my boys are going to sit on your right and they're going to sit on your left, and they are going to have much status and authority, and they are going to be great in the kingdom of heaven. Because you look around the earth here, and not everything is equal here, but when we get to the kingdom of heaven, I want you to make sure that they have these positions of authority. That will be fair for my kids in the kingdom, my boys in the kingdom of heaven. Well, that's the backstory. Why do you think the other ten disciples felt when they found out that these guys' moms in there trying to leapfrog in front of the head of the line in the kingdom of heaven? And then Jesus calls them all together. And you read about it in the book of Matthew, chapter 20, starting verse 24. When the ten other disciples heard what Jesus, or excuse me, what James and John 
had asked. They were indignant. But Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of this world lord over their people. The officials flaunt their authority over those under them. There is the kingdom of this world. And those people of authority in this world, and they're looking for they're jockeying for position and trying to get out ahead, and it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world out there, and you know, and the early bird gets the worm, so you gotta be that person and, and get there and do all of those things. And that's the way this world operates. He says, you know that the rulers of this world, the Lord over their people. The officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, but among you, he says, among you, it will be different. Whoever wants, who are the you in the, what about the you? Those of you that have stepped outside of the kingdom of the world and have moved in to the kingdom of heaven. To my disciples, you guys are you guys are not you guys are not in the kingdom of the world. I'm talking to you guys, disciples. But among you, it'll be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. And he says, look at me, Jesus says. He says, hey, pay attention to me. You look over here. Look at me. Look, look, look at me. Jesus says, he's communicating. For even the Son of Man, that's Jesus, and he's talking to the Son. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Serve others to give his life as a ransom for many. He says, here, here in the kingdom of heaven, servant, serving is the other, the order of the day. Because here's the way, here's the way that we like to define, but we like to say fair is I deserve to get what I want and nothing that I don't. Isn't that what we like to say? I deserve to get what I want and nothing that I don't. Well, how does Jesus define fair? He defines it this way. Fair is, I, I will love you with all that I am. Keep nothing between us. I will love you. This is fair. I will love you with all that I am. I will lay down my life for you. The kingdom of heaven is to be a place where we lay down so the kingdom of Jesus says, I will lay down my life for you. I will give you all that I am. And I will keep nothing between us. I will keep nothing between us. You think, you, you're out there and you think there is some sin that you have committed that is between you and me. Jesus says, there is nothing between us. There is nothing between us. The fair is, I, I will give everything that I am to you. And I will keep nothing between us. And you come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. That's what fair is. That's the way you define fair in the kingdom of heaven. 
And that is what Jesus did for us. And that is also what Jesus wants from us. He wants us to be a people that would look around and see other people and that we would love them like Jesus loved them. That we would give to them like Jesus gave to them. And that the kingdom of heaven would be defined. You've heard this expression before. Uh, Jesus saves. The kingdom of heaven would best be defined. Jesus serves. Jesus serves. Jesus serves. He, he served us when he went to the cross. Jesus serves. Which then sort of begs the question for us. How well do we participate in the kingdom of heaven? How well do we serve? And you say, we've got to do some work. Well, that doesn't seem fair. Oh, yeah, that's fair. That's exactly what we do. Here's the question. How, where, when does one serve? How, where, when does one serve? Well, here's some examples. You can go right out there into the lobby, and there's some sign-up sheets that are out there. And we need nursery workers. We need greeters. And we need kids' club workers and kids' church workers coffee time treat bringers and we need deacons and we need cruise in workers and way too often we are way too busy to simply love your neighbor but that's what service is in the kingdom of heaven do unto others as you would have them do unto you I said before you make a commitment to being a part of the kingdom of heaven there's something you need to know the kingdom of heaven is unfair you don't get what you deserve when you enter the kingdom of heaven you get a savior that loves you beyond what you can comprehend and keeps nothing between you and him and welcomes you in to a life of loving other people that Jesus, it's time for us to step up and serve in ways we might not have ever thought about before. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, He welcomes you in. He invites you to be baptized into His church, to His kingdom, that you would make Jesus your King and your Lord, that you would surrender your life to Him, and that you too can be a part of the kingdom of Him. If you need to make a decision to follow Jesus, that's a conversation that I would like to have with you. Just sit down, talk it out, talk through so that you, you don't make a decision that you're not aware of. We explain it, we sit down and talk about it. Maybe you want to come to a class that we're offering on uh, uh, July 1st. It's just simply kind of an introduction to our church class. We'll cover all that stuff. Or maybe you say, I don't want to do that. Steve, can we just talk? We can do that too. Whatever you need to do. Father, thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, and what he did for us on the cross, welcoming us into the great kingdom of heaven. Father, we ask that you watch over us and keep us safe as we go, eat together, and jump out of the bounce house together, and have a good time. 
and we honor the graduates and celebrate with them. We ask this in Jesus.